0: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
2: Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Today, we're getting set for the ninth annual renal race. It's going to be happening in downtown Wilkes-Barre, the same day as the St. Patrick's Day Parade, We're going to find out what they have in store this year. Also, we're going to meet Joan Peterson and Lisa Murphy with Lackawanna County CASA, an opportunity for you to find out more and get involved by helping some area children. But first, we're starting off with two events that are coming up on February 22nd. One is happening in Luzerne County, the other happening in Lackawanna County. In Luzerne County, it's a brain fair happening at the Toyota Sportsplex. And Tina Gelso will be here to tell us more about that. But first, let's introduce you to David Reagan, Ray Stender, and Conrad Walsh. They're with Veterans Promise. If you don't know what it is, you're about to find out and make plans to be with them on Saturday, February 22nd at Montage Mountain. Yeah. Veterans Promise. I brought Dave along because you're the one who founded this. What is it?
0: We are a local nonprofit organization that assists veterans and their families. Uh, we do suicide prevention, we do drug and alcohol addiction prevention. We provide small hardship grants to the families that need help, you know, uh, turning the lights on, getting food on the table, uh, referral assistance. We uh, try to provide as many resources as we possibly can in the community. Now, you're the founder. So
2: how does something like this come about?
0: Well, uh, I am a suicide survivor. I am a veteran, and uh, this cause has affected my life uh, greatly to the fact that as I started to get better in my own treatment, uh, I realized that I needed to still be in service of others and uh, helping these families that are, you know, unfortunately suffering after a loss of a veteran has been my life passion.
2: So you just decided that this is something I'm going to do. And how did you go about doing this?
0: It's been a it's been a long long road. Um, I know we, we had take a
2: long time to explain. <laughs> we'll just take the highlights.
0: We'll take the highlights. So we uh, we had a recruiting meeting. Uh, we we put a board of directors together. We did meetings out of uh, VFWs, American Legions, my house, uh, to the point that now we have our own building and we have a wall of heroes. We're doing drug and alcohol meetings twice a week. We have PTSD groups. Uh, the growth has been so tremendous. We have close to 60 volunteers within the organization. So it's been a wonderful journey, um, and we're truly blessed, and we're looking to do a lot more in our community for sure.
2: Where are you located?
0: So we're located at 737 Main Street in Dixon City.
2: Okay, so anybody can just stop by and get the information
0: so what we do in our building because we don't have paid staff uh we have uh it by appointment only so you can you know reach out to our facebook page veterans promise nepa you can call us at 570-892-2060 uh leave leave a message at our on our telephones and um if you wanted to reach me directly, hit extension four and it will ring right to my cell phone. Okay. So I can't give you any more of my life than we already have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably a little bit more, but we'll figure that out later. Let's bring Ray in here. Ray, welcome. Nice thank to you. have you here. Uh, now, how thank did you, you get involved with this dynamic guy?
3: Well, Dave <laughs> and I go back. We have a little bit of history when we both were working for the state as officers. And um, I had known that Dave had had some difficulty times. And we him and I would uh, run into one another continuously at these funerals of those that were former veterans that had committed suicide under one uh, form or another. So I knew that he had this program, and him and I started talking. And he says, "I'm sure would like your help. I sure would like you to come down." And I said, "Yeah, okay and I, So eventually I did get down with him and hooked up, and we've uh, now I'm vice president. Suicide and suicide prevention is and making people aware of it, um, it's something that has to be talked about. It's not something you sit down at your Thanksgiving meal or your Christmas meal or whatever in the evening. You don't sit there and talk about it with your kids. Everybody puts it in the closet and wants to keep it there. Uh, During my tender as a state officer, there's probably 17 or 18 officers that were all veterans, all took their lives, and these were role models. These weren't people that had troubles with drugs and alcohol. They were role models. Um, They stood in high esteem with the state and with their superintendents and their supervisors, yet they did the ultimate, they ended up taking their own life. Wow. Um, And a lot of times it leaves kids behind and through Veterans Promise, uh, we're able to reach out to those families and we stay connected to those families. And we're connected with the kids. For example, on 24th of December, a veteran over in New Jersey took his life. He left behind a 7-year-old daughter. That daughter has to grow up now wondering, and, you know, why? How come my dad? And for kids, it's a little bit different to try to communicate their feelings, their inner feelings and in that. So you're not just local then. You're, well, you, unfortunately, act- the need isn't just on a local basis. There's In Virginia, you just had an officer kill himself, um, and he was a veteran too. We've reached out to Ohio, uh, New York. We're scheduled to go up there uh, this next month here to present uh, funds to a family that, again, a veteran took his life. And they can all just get in touch with you here. Yes, and- yes ma'am. And.
2: Be able to find out. Now, because I yes. want Conrad to come in here. Absolutely. Because Conrad is the one who got you all here. I can understand why you need a fundraiser. So, Conrad, if you would be so kind, give us a a, a preview of what's coming up. Certainly. And first, I just
1: want to thank you for having us here. Absolutely. And giving, giving us an opportunity to get some airtime and get some... Uh, information spread about our organization and this upcoming fundraiser. We have uh, a ceremony the 22nd of every month called Shining the Light on 22. And what it is, uh, according to the Department of Defense statistics, we're losing approximately 22 veterans each and every day to suicide. And when you hear a number like that and you look at over the last 8 or 10 years how many lives that is, it's a lot. So we try and bring awareness into the uh, area. And like I said, we have this ceremony on the 22nd of every month. Normally, those uh, ceremonies are held at our our building. On the 22nd of February, we have a very special event. That's going to be held at Montage Mountain. A person can go in there, and for a $30 fee, they'll get a tubing pass, and they can go snow tubing from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. We're going to provide a pasta dinner, hot chocolate, and then at 5 o'clock, they're going to shut the whole mountain down, and they're going to have six service members skiing down the mountain. They're going to shut the lights off, and they'll have a flashlight-based torch, oh. and they're each going to be carrying a flag. First one's going to be the American flag, followed by the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, and Coast Guard.
2: I just got chills.
1: Yeah. As they're doing this, Lee Greenwood is going to be playing over the loudspeakers, proud to be an American.
2: And can anybody go to that aspect yes. of yes. it? Yes. But it's just the... If
1: you want a snow tube, you can go there, and starting at 1 o'clock, and go snow tubing. And like I said, from 1 to 4, there's going to be a pasta dinner. But if somebody just wants to attend the ceremony, they're more than welcome to join
2: us. Following the ski skiers coming down at 5 o'clock... And you want people to get in touch with you in order to make reservations for the pasta dinner, right? If they come for snow tubing, the pasta dinner is included. Oh, that is wonderful. And a good portion of those
1: proceeds are going to go to Veterans Promise. We're also going to provide, like I said, free hot chocolate. There's going to be basket raffles, a 50-50. And we're going to have our tent set up there. And we'll be uh, selling our merchandise hats and shorts and sweatshirts and things like that. Looking forward to uh, hopefully
2: raising some money so we can do more good in the community. It sounds like it's not just this community. Let's bring Dave back in here. It sounds like it's not just this community that you're helping.
0: Well, you know, you start in your local community (laughs) and you're trying to make changes there. And what we realize is that uh, we're we're getting noticed in a larger scale now. And uh, we certainly will do everything we can to help whoever we can so we don't have boundaries Um, you know that's why we have a great board of directors we we have open minds we're forward-thinking you know we try to think outside the box Uh, we work very diligently together and uh, that's how we're able to uh, you know when there's a, a hardship grant someone comes in and needs help We're able to get that family help within, you know, most of the time within 48 hours. It's pretty remarkable.
2: And they don't have to fill out an application. They don't have to come in for an interview.
0: The only thing we take is basically just name, telephone number, email, you know, uh, and just the reason for the hardship. Uh, And then we put that right to a vote. And... Um, you know, again, through Facebook, social media, we have our own uh, special inner working page there, and that's You how have a website on. too, or just Facebook? So we do have the oh. website. It's veteranspromise.nepa.org. Okay. Um, and that, that just uh, launched not too long ago. So that's, that's a new thing we're adding. And, um, you know, again, I mean, Hills for Heroes is going to give us uh, a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, we're partnering with. With some great companies, Montage Mountain, Dunkin' Donuts, Toyota of Scranton gave us a huge donation, twenty-two hundred dollars. I mean, uh, that that's a that's an amazing start. Fastenal is you know donating stuff. They're coming. Uh, State Farm, uh, Mike Mike Griffin's office has been wonderful to us. So, you know, we're getting a lot more corporate sponsorships and and those type of things, and 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 that's going to give us the sustainability to you know someday buy our building, uh, someday be able to have. Um, you know, paid staff and and be able to provide more in our community and really that's what it's all about.
2: Well I just I'm glad that you could come in today because I wanted to get Conrad and the event and just get to know you guys, but you're definitely coming back. Once again, where are you? How do people get in touch with you? And you need to be known.
0: Well we we certainly appreciate that. And you know, uh again having us here Maybe give someone the opportunity to do a couple things. You know, maybe a veteran out there that's struggling will hear this and he'll reach out to get help. You know, uh, maybe there's a family that needs help. Uh, maybe there's a resource out there that haven't heard of us before that wants to help us provide stuff for our mission. So, you know, again, this is very valuable to us. And we are located at 737 Main Street, Dixon City, PA. We are open by appointment only, just because of the staffing issues. But we are pretty flexible. So uh, you can contact us on Facebook at Veterans Promise NEPA. Our website, veteranspromisenepa.org. Uh, our email is contact at veteranspromise.org. And veteranspromise22 at gmail.com. The phone number, yeah. 570-892-2060. And it, I'll give you my cell phone just because everyone Calls it anyway, 570-766-3435.
2: Thanks once again to David Reagan, Ray Stender, and Conrad Walsh for joining us today and telling us about Veterans Promise of Northeast Pennsylvania. Of course, again, if you would like to find out more about the upcoming Hill for Heroes event, you can check out their Facebook page or their website and find all the details there. Now it's time to meet Tina Gelso. She is a Luzerne Intermediate Unit Brain Steps team leader. What are brain steps? We're going to find out about that. And we're going to find out about an upcoming program on February 22nd that will give us all a better insight into traumatic brain injuries, even concussions. Tina's here to give us the details and the invite to the free event.
4: I'm an educational consultant with the Luzerne Intermediate Unit. I work in the Office of Professional Learning, and I am one of several people who uh, support all of our local school districts and many of the educational initiatives that our Pennsylvania Department of Education And the Bureau of Special Education uh, feels important for our students in our schools to be able to have support in and the teachers as well.
2: So Luzerne Intermediate Unit is not just one school, it's all schools in Luzerne County.
4: The Luzerne Intermediate, we are a nonprofit educational agency So we support all 12 school districts in Luzerne County. Districts? Yes, districts. Oh,
2: okay. So that's not only the high schools, but the middle schools, the grade schools, kindergartens, you've got them all. Absolutely. What is this Brain Steps team? Are you putting this together or how is this working that it's going to encompass all those kids? approximately about 13-14 years ago the state of
4: Pennsylvania really started to take a look at supporting students who are in school or who are re-entering school who've had a traumatic brain injury. Because of a grant with the Department of Health also PDE and we are implemented through the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania teams were created throughout the state so Brain Steps is a statewide program, and support. It is support, and it stands for strategies, teaching, educators, parents, and students. That's the steps.
2: That takes in everybody.
4: It does. Across the state of Pennsylvania, in every intermediate unit, there are 29 throughout the state, we have Brain Steps teams. So our team consists of myself as an educator. We also have an OT We have a PT, speech therapist, school nurse, psychologist who are on our teams. And our role is if a student um, unfortunately suffers a traumatic brain injury, school districts or parents, even students themselves could reach out to us. We are trained every single year. They give us wonderful professional development. And the work that we do supports them being in their academic environments.
2: Does it happen a lot? that you would have that number of, of students who are affected...
4: It depends upon the severity of the brain injury, but yes, there are more common. No one is really spared from, you know, a brain injury. There are car accidents, uh, sleigh riding events, skiing events, you, know, you name it, sports um, are very big. The more moderate or severe head injuries are not as common, but yes, they, they are common um, for us to be able to support students. Um, what is more common, though, are concussions, and a concussion is a
2: traumatic brain injury. You have an event coming up that's going to highlight concussions.
4: Absolutely.
2: How is that going to work? We have been partnering with
4: the Wilkes-Barre Department of Health uh, through their grants, Opportunity for Safe and Healthy Communities. And we have decided that we really wanted to bring it into the community to really be able to create awareness around concussions. What are the symptoms When do you really, you know, want to take a closer look at how are those things impacting the everyday things that you do? And we realize, be it a concussion or a more moderate or severe brain injury, there is a significant impact on activities of daily living. Mm. Um, For students, it could be taking notes, it could be concentrating in class, it could be something as simple as navigating the hallways. So depending upon the symptoms that they have because of the injury, We like to look at from a team approach, from brain steps, what are supports or suggestions that we could help provide to the school, the student, and the parents to really make sure that they're in school getting the education that they need. So what is this event? This is a brain fair event. A brain fair? Yes. Okay. So this is a free educational community event and our goal is to really provide people with an opportunity to simulate what it feels like to have a concussion. We have concussion goggles that we uh, will be bringing with us and we'll be asking them to participate in some activities. Um, We also just have some other activities uh, that are designed to Emulates, you know, what it would feel like to have maybe a sensory issue or to have uh, weakness on one side of your body. So there are going to be a lot of fun activities for the st- kids. I say kids to be able to partake in. But every hour on the hour, when we will be there from twelve to four, we're also going to have a brief ten-minute uh, presentation on what BrainSteps is and how parents and students. Um, coaches, anyone could really benefit from
2: knowing about brain steps and what it is that we offer. Concussion goggles. Yes. Now, is it possible that someone could have a concussion and not know it?
4: Possibly, but
2: the symptoms really will be an indicator, a true indicator. So if you put these goggles on or come to your presentation and you start to wonder, well, maybe my child is. little bit distracted or, but I didn't know. So you might be able to even help somebody who has had questions?
4: Absolutely. We really need to look at, obviously, if someone has a history of seizures or if they have had recently a head injury. Um, We don't want them to put the goggles on, number one. But number two, yes, the activities, if a child is completely constantly complaining of you know I feel in a fog and as a parent or even as a teacher or coach if you know that they did hit their head you want to make sure that you refer them to their physician or their doctor. Um, They are the only people who could really truly identify or diagnose a concussion so we can just talk about what are the symptoms that are
2: most commonly reported. I could see a child fooling around with their friends, uh, you know, fall down, hit their head. I didn't tell anybody. And they're so young that they don't realize. So this is really, and this is open to anyone. Yes, it's a free community event. So anyone. we we
4: welcome everyone to be able to come and partake. And I think the point that you make is really great. How many times have we all bumped our head? Cabinet door, car door. Absolutely. Uh, But then sometimes when you slip and fall on the ice and you hit the back of your head and as we say you see stars Mm -hmm. that's more of a significant you know head injury so really doctors have to weed out
2: you know is it a truly a concussion or did you just bump your head but you're a great place this is a great way to start because it starts a discussion absolutely and i think you know with sports and things like that a lot of people have become even now you wear a helmet while you're skiing we never wore helmets. Yes. So, you know, there's all these things have changed. Where is this happening, Tina? It
4: is happening at the Toyota Sportsplex on Cole Street in Wooksburg.
2: A good place for it. There you've got the ice skating. You've got wearing helmets. That's awesome. And when is it? It's going to be Saturday, February
4: 22nd, and we will be there from 12 to 4. And cost? It's free. It's free. It is free. And it's open to the public. Absolutely. And Brain Steps, one more time, is? Brain Steps is also free. It's a service that um, our intermediate unit provides to all of our school districts. So we support specifically students from kindergarten up to the age of, you know, uh, 21, if they're in special education, but if they're just um, a typical
2: student, up till 12th grade. So, if it turns out that maybe a parent or student can't make it to the event on the 22nd, they can still contact you and and get all this information. Absolutely, Brain Steps does have a
4: wonderful website, and actually, that's where people can actually go and make a referral if. Possibly, your son or daughter experienced a traumatic brain injury maybe when they were three or four, if they were in an automobile accident, and you know that they did have a traumatic brain injury, and you're maybe seeing some things or you have concerns about. At any time, they could reach out, go to our website, which is www.brainsteps.net, and they can make a referral, and that is statewide. So anyone could do that at any time, and we'll go right to the team leader of that team.
2: A Brain Fair sounds like a wonderful idea. Absolutely. We hope so, too. (laughs) Thanks again to Tina Gelso for joining us here on Special Edition and giving us the information about the Brain Health Fair that's coming to the Toyota Sportsplex at the Cole Street Park. Saturday, February 22nd from noon until 4. Members of the Brain Steps team as well as the Wilkes-Barre City Health Department will be there to give you all kinds of great information. Now don't go away. When we come back, helping kids in another way. That's what Lackawanna County CASA is all about. How can you get involved? They'll tell you here on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now we're going to find out what's happening with Lackawanna County Casa. Lisa Murphy from the Advisory Board and Lackawanna County Casa Director... Joan Peterson are joining us today to tell us about a grant which Lackawanna County CASA recently received and what they're going to be using that grant for. If you have some extra time and would like to get involved, they'll have all the information for you and we'll also be telling you about an upcoming fundraiser in April. Joan, nice to have you back to find out what's going on with Lackawanna County CASA. It's good to see you again. Good Ah, to be back. Absolutely. And you have some big news. We do. CASA has been very
5: busy here in Lackawanna County for the last uh, year. Recently, we have received a grant. Um, July 2019, we got a grant for $12,000 from the Hawk Family Foundation to help us serve more children in Lackawanna County. and. Thanks to that grant, we were able to train volunteers who uh, are now serving some children with extraordinarily difficult circumstances in our county.
2: Let's talk a little bit about CASA. What exactly, what does it stand for? What does it mean for anyone who may not have heard of it before?
5: So CASA is Court Appointed Special Advocates. Our mission is to advocate for abused and neglected children, give them hope, support, and encouragement, ensure that their voices are heard as the court system seeks permanent safe homes for them.
2: And if it turns out that you got this grant in order to get other people involved, what exactly do they do then?
5: So our CASA advocates um, receive 30 hours of training. We observe court and then that CASA is the advocate for that child. They... Go to court with them, they visit them in their home, their foster home, get to know their family and make recommendations for their best interest.
2: Is anybody a good person who would be able to just walk into the role or do you have to have some kind of a background in something? How do, how do volunteers work?
5: Anyone can be a CASA volunteer. You have to be over 21, have a clean background check. We pay for background checks for all of our prospective volunteers. And just to really have the heart uh, and the interest in helping to change a child's story.
2: Well, we also have Lisa Murphy with us. And Lisa is a volunteer. Lisa has been an advocate And, Lisa, how long have you been involved with Casa Lackawanna County?
6: I've been involved with the program since it was started over 11 years ago. I was a CASA worker for probably seven or eight of those, took a little hiatus, and now I am back on the advisory board.
2: And when we're talking about, um, as Joan was mentioning, this uh, idea of getting this grant and being able to put more people through the program – From your perspective, having gone through that, what is that like?
6: There's extensive training that you go through to find out the Pennsylvania laws that we have to abide by for it. And it also teaches you that everyone's story is different, every child's story, every parent's story. And none of them are going to be the same. No one's going to live like you live in your own home. You just have to go in and help to nurture the family and nurture the children to make sure they have a safe place to live, that their school needs are being met, their doctor's needs are being met. So you're basically there to be a voice for the child.
2: When you go through the training, what is that like?
6: Going through the training, you get a lot of information that you can use to help you, a lot of tools that can help you. And there's a network that we have between each one of us that any of the volunteers, if they have a question about something, either during training or after training, we'll sit down with them and we'll talk them through whatever they need, if they need help with anything, if they're confused about a certain situation. But the training is very extensive, and it's – it, it gives you a lot of teaching tools to help you.
2: One of the things I asked Joan was if you had to have any kind of a background in anything. Was your background anything
6: related to what you found out during your training? Nope. The only training I've ever had before doing this was being a mother of three children myself. Well, that's
2: yes. that's yes.
6: pretty big. Yes. And um, wanting to nurture and wanting to help children that were not as... I would guess I would say not as fortunate as my own, right. to uh, not have their needs met or their education met or even a family life met. Oh. Yes. I mean, when you're first introduced to your Casa child, you try to get to know them a little bit. They're going to look at you when you first meet them as to who are you now? There's someone else in my life. Mm. But you have to tell them and let them help them to understand that you are their friend and you are their voice. If they would like you to say something, or do something for them in court that, say, you know, mom and dad or a foster parent is just saying, we don't, you know, we, we don't want him to him or her to say this or that. And, and you do, you speak for them. You don't always have to agree with what the other workers say. You have your own voice, your own opinion. You just tell the facts and you tell it like it is.
2: Joan, the grant was big. Do you have any kind of funding?
5: Lackawanna County CASA does get some funding from the county, but that only meets, obviously, part of our needs. We need to fundraise the, the rest of the budget, what it takes to recruit and train volunteers on an ongoing basis through corporate found, foundation grants, uh, events. That's why it's so important that we, we continue to get that support from our community to do the work that we all know is so important.
2: When you're talking about getting volunteers, it's a time-consuming thing that you're taking on. Absolutely. Um, being a CASA volunteer is a big
5: commitment. Um, it's a tremendous responsibility, and, and we re- really respect
2: the amount of time our volunteers put into our program. As far as going and, and getting volunteers, how would people contact you?
5: The most important thing that we're doing right now is that In October of 2019, we've received a $10,000 grant from National CASA specifically to help serve the children who are affected by the opioid epidemic. I know that numbers are looking a little bit better in our area now, Um, starting to, to look up, but we still have a huge opiate problem in our community, and this is sadly affecting a lot of children. So we're looking to recruit advocates for our spring training that starts in April, and we're going to provide this training class with some special additional training on addiction, on understanding the impact of addiction on the family, and so that those advocates are prepared to help support those children whose parents are struggling with addiction. Most of the kids kids that we're serving last year, I believe it was more than half, are in care in part because of their parents struggles with with drugs and alcohol. So it, it's really a huge issue and and it has a an impact on those children's lives not just in the moment, not just in the here and now, but for years. The impact of their parents addiction, being in foster care, their parents working to overcome that addiction and and you know, the reunification of the family. And so it's gonna take some special work and and we really need some people who are dedicated and willing to be there for those children for the duration.
2: Now you said the training is gonna start in April.
5: The training starts in the beginning of April. So we're looking right now for people to call us and say, yes, I'm willing to be there for one of these kids.
2: Any idea about how many people you're looking for or the more the better?
5: It's always the more the better, but really we need 10 good people to hear this message and call us today
2: when we talk about something like this obviously you it sounds like you've dealt with these types of situations in the past and is it the recent increase in the number of opioid addictions of unfortunate deaths that has sponsored this to become forefront in your mind
5: absolutely i mean that is the reason that Uh, National CASA shows us as one of the recipients of of this funding, they recognize that Lackawanna County and our whole region has been inordinately affected by this opiate epidemic.
2: And if anybody is listening again and they're thinking, well, maybe I would like to because I know what this is all about, that would be a plus?
5: It would absolutely be helpful. You know, it's not necessary. As Lisa has said, all all it takes is a really, you know, a dedication and a good heart and a will to help. But if you do have experience with a family member who's struggled with addiction, that certainly would be helpful to help you to be prepared to address some of those special challenges that these children are facing.
6: Lisa, the only thing I would like to say is when I decided to be a CASA volunteer, I read an article in the newspaper. Judge Chester Harhat started this program. And I read the article and I thought, I could do this. And I called the office, I went down for my interview, I got my clearances and I started doing it and I will tell you, it's the most re- one of the most rewarding things I have ever done and still continue to do. And if anyone out there thinks that they can't, you can. Take the time, think about it, and try and come and change a child's story.
2: And Joan, we don't want anyone to feel, wow, now you're putting opioids in this mix.
5: Yes, absolutely. Don't be afraid. Um, This is absolutely something that any good-hearted citizen can help to do. and, And, you know, CASA provides training, CASA provides support, and a really supportive community. Our CASA volunteers have monthly meetings, you know, where we sit down and we have some coffee and we talk about our cases and and what's going on. And we're really there for each other. So it's not only an opportunity to be a volunteer, it's an opportunity to join a supportive community and be a part of something bigger than yourself.
2: And don't wait.
5: I have kids right now who are waiting for a CASA volunteer to be their advocate. We have Right now we're serving 46 kids. I have... 22, 23 volunteers active. And I have referrals sitting on my desk for another three children. And we need more advocates.
2: So 10 is just the start.
5: 10 is just the start. I I think that there are 10 people listening to this message who could give us a call and uh, be wonderful CASA volunteers. And And I think it would be rewarding for them and for the children.
2: And the number again?
5: 570 558-3971. Five five eight three nine seven one.
2: Joan Peterson and Lisa Murphy from Lackawanna County, CASA, giving you all the information about becoming a CASA volunteer. And don't forget, they do have a fundraiser coming up as well. It's April 22nd. It's going to be a paint and sip happening at Casa Quattro Winery. And if you would like to find out more, you can always give Joan a call. 570 558 Three nine seven one, or you can go to their website, Lackawanna County Casa.org. Now, don't go away, more special edition yet to come, and we're going to meet Aaron, who is going to tell us about the ninth annual renal race coming to Wilkes Welcome back to special edition. It's time to get ready for the ninth annual renal race. I can't believe it. It's been nine years since Aaron Rebo-Pickel, co-founder of the renal race, came up with the idea. Well, I'll let Aaron tell you the story of how it all happened, if you don't already know. But mark your calendar because it is happening the same day as the St. Patrick's Parade in Wilkes-Barre, Sunday, March 15th guaranteed to be a lot of fun and raise money for a great cause oh my gosh what is this what year
7: is this number nine nine yes. nine renal races under your belt Aaron. no one thought that we would do any after number one or number one
2: <laughs> wow i'm i'm just i'm amazed i'm amazed
7: i can't believe that we still do it i think um After the first year, everyone was so excited about it and continued to ask, would we do it again? And I never thought we would. It was kind of just a way to say, hey, we're not going to let this beat us. And when everyone kept asking, we knew that it was important to continue. And we've donated so much money now, I mean, over $200,000 to research and families and It's amazing how many people we meet every year that we get to donate money to. And if we didn't do this and someone came to us and said, hey, can you help us? We wouldn't be able to. So, I mean, it's a really nice feeling to know that there's a lot of people that reach out to organizations that are bigger. And they're told, you know, they make too much money or, you know, there's not enough funding for that. Or they can't help them, but they can send them literature. I mean, we've been through it. And to be able to just say, yep, I'll give you some money if you need money is like a really amazing feeling. So, Doing all the legwork to sort of set it up year after year is nothing in comparison to what people go through, um, you know, just fighting this disease. And it's not just kidney cancer. I mean, we've given money to every, every kind of cancer and anyone who needs it, no questions asked. And, you know, I just think what they have to go through just to fight the disease, what we do just to have the race to raise a little money is nothing. So give us the
2: background for anybody who doesn't know about the ninth coming up annual renal race in the city of Wilkesbury. How did all this get started?
7: Uh, my husband was diagnosed with kidney cancer in 2010. He found his own tumor, actually, which I can say now because his company is out of business <laughs> where he scanned himself. <laughs> he wasn't feeling well, just the usual thought he had um, kidney stones. They run in his family He was losing weight, but I think it was gradual and I don't think we really realized he had switched jobs and, you know, he wasn't on the road as much and wasn't eating fast food like he was. We had a new baby, wasn't working out the same way. So, I mean, it was all all seemed pretty normal until he had like, you know, a few bouts where he found blood in his urine. He would get some back pain. And he eventually um, gave himself a scan. It was New Year's Eve of 2010, and they found a 15-centimeter mass, which is, like, about the size of a football. Um, We ended up in the ER that night, and they basically said, well, there's an 85% chance that it's cancer. And me being me, I was like, well, there's 15%. It's not. And, you know, the the surgeon was pretty much like, this has got to come out. So Mm -hmm. within days, we were... Having the um, surgery done, he had the, ki- the cancer and uh, the k- tumor and the kidney removed, and they had checked some lymph nodes and found out it was a stage three kidney cancer. Um, he has a very weird cellular makeup and that it's made of three cells, which is odd. Kidney cancer in adults is difficult to treat because you can't do traditional treatment. And there's no radiation, there's no chemotherapy, um, it's primarily through surgery. There are treatments to uh, stabilize growth um, if it is an active cancer, but as far as like eliminating it, there's really no normal treatment for that. So his option was to do surgeries and to be watched, and we were really lucky that we found some great doctors at Sloan-Kettering in New York. And so when we do do the race, which, you know, we decided to do in 2012, it was kind of a, Frank, I want to do this. I think that we should donate money to Sloan, you know, they're really saving us, and and they are research his doctor is the number one research doctor in the world for kidney cancer and I said it'd be great if we could raise some money and he said I'm not going to be the spokesperson for this <laughs> you're not going to put me out there in front of everyone and I and said, Aaron said yes and I said but it's not about you you know even though it is but I said you know at the end of the day I want our son to have a legacy and know that we tried and that you and know And how old is Jackson now he is 10 I cannot <sighs> believe that he is 10 Yes. He was just a little buck when we started all he this. He was. So yeah. And so, so was Frank. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, he's doing great. I mean, he just had his first, um, two year clear scan, which is great. Um, we'd been going, oh gosh, for so long and it was every month for a while, and every three months, and we're finally at every six months, which is really nice. I don't think he'll ever wanna go longer than six, but his doctor's mm-hmm. really optimistic. We've met some amazing doctors and surgeons along the way and you know, every year kind of at that two-year mark is sort of when we kind of get an, uh-oh, something's changed. And this year we hit that mark and nothing happened. So Yay. we're really lucky and really grateful. And and look
2: how much you've learned.
7: Yes. Well, and that's it. I think a lot of times people will say, are you a nurse? Like, how do you know about this? And it's just research and talking to people. And, and I I love that people are able to ask us questions. and. You know, know what we know, but I mean, in the process of it, you know, we're still doing our own research and learning about drugs that are coming out and, you know, talking with more people. And it's been difficult because in that time, we've met so many people that, you know, have had recurrence, have had success, have, you know, passed away. And it's really difficult. But at the end of the day, they're always so thankful that we keep trying. And so I just think that it's important for us. And you're going to keep trying. and continue to do it. (laughs) Give
2: us the details now. The ninth Annual...
7: I know. Ninth annual renal race is on March 15th. It's the same day as the Wilkes-Barre St. Patrick's Day Parade, which is also really exciting because it's their 40th year of the parade as well. So they're really supportive of us always, the city and the county as well. And so we start our race off um, at Genetti's in the morning at 9 a.m. with registration. We have lots of snacks and there's music and everything's like ready to go when you're in the warm preparing. At 10 a.m., race kicks off on Public Square. Uh, We run over the Market Street Bridge and do this whole crazy thing underneath the Pier Street Bridge and back. So it's a 5K. There's also a one-mile walk that goes up over the River Commons and back. So for those of us that aren't going to be running that morning, (laughs) we have that as well and you can still be a part. But when we're all done, everybody heads back into Genetti's. There's tons of food donated. We have the mascots from the local teams, face painters, balloon people, vendors, all kinds of food. The bar is open so you can hang out. Um, again, more music and lots of giveaways, huge basket raffles. Um, what does it cost to take part in the race? $20 if you pre-register, 25 the day of. Pre-registration ends about the 10th of March. Um, we try to keep it as easy for Scranton Running Company, who does our timing, as possible. Um, we have some really cool swag this year, like great new sweatshirts and sweatpants, beer glasses. Cool coats and blankets and just really cool renal race stuff. And, you know, all the money goes to either research or donating it to other families. It's going to be a really good time. Because it's always a really good time.
2: How many runners can you remember back to number one and where you went from then until now?
7: I mean, it's consistently been at least 200 people that actually run and at least Three to four hundred people more that just show up. And even if it's they just come in to buy a raffle ticket, I mean, the amount of people that we get, we were just talking about a family that comes every year. They stay overnight in Geneti's. They're from about two hours away. They stay overnight at Geneti's. They come in when we're setting up, they help us move tables. They raffle so much stuff they win so much stuff and they're not even from here they end up giving away half the stuff they just are so you know enthralled by the idea and they had a family member that was affected by it and you know even though he's not with us anymore they still come and they still support it and they just love the cause and Every time we think like, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe like no one's going to really care about this anymore. How many people say how grateful they are that we do it or are looking forward to it. Like, I can't believe how many people like you reach out to us first. Yeah, And I just think that that's just, I don't know. I don't know what we've you done to get too. the word out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we've done. I know, you know what you've done. But it's its pretty amazing. You've so. opened
2: up hearts. You've opened up information. You've done all that. And you're not going to be running in this race but we have one of the runners here this is jackson hi Hi. how you doing good good you ready to run yeah what do you remember about all this from days gone by now that you're a runner do you remember being carried around the uh, downtown area yes yeah what's your favorite part about this whole experience that your mom and dad are involved in Seeing all my friends and running the race. Oh, yeah? You have friends that, do they come in from out of town? Have you met a lot of people? Yes. Yeah? And who who locally? Do you have friends that are going to be running with you? Yeah. Who? My cousin Alex, um, Cole, Blake. Well, you have a whole entourage. Yeah. And I hear you're playing soccer now, too. Yeah. (laughs) You tell them, Jackson. Say, come on down. Come on down to Reno Race 9. 9. Can you believe it and he's 10? Yep. You're 10. Let mom back in here real quick. Give us the details one more time, mom of Jackson.
7: <laughs> Renal Race 9 happens March 15th, at Public Square. It's a Sunday. It's the day of the Wilkes-Barre St. Patrick's Day parade. All kinds of stuff happening. Race goes off at 10. Come in before, come in after. Raise some great money. It stays local and goes to research, and we'd love to see you there. Facebook? Facebook is The Renal Race um, on Facebook. It's The Renal Race on Instagram, The Renal Race on Twitter. Website, www.therenalrace.org. Coming back for 10? Coming back for 10. Oh, my son is behind me telling me don't forget about our Renal Race TikTok as well. We're TikTok. N- we're new to the TikTok scene.
2: The Ninth Annual Renal Race, downtown Wilkesbury before the St. Patrick's Parade on Sunday, March 15th. You still have time to pre-register by going to their website, their Facebook page, Instagram, and now TikTok. And of course, right here with us on Special Edition. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours